Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the podcast today, we have James Short. James, welcome. Thank you, Thomas. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. Great to have you. Would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Love to, love to. James Short from uh, sunny New South Wales here in Australia. Um, actually, you may know up near Byron Bay, northern uh, rivers here in, in Australia, there's uh, been a many, many uh, Many, many shows, and uh, my neighbor is uh, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, uh, only joking, a little bit up the road, uh, but uh, yeah, we've been up here for a little while now. Um, husband, father of three amazing kids, run a couple of different businesses, ultra endurance uh, athlete, and a whole bunch of in-between, so looking forward to sharing some of those stories along uh, this, the, today, this morning, this evening's uh, show, and uh, it's a real honor and privilege uh, to be here, be, be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for the introduction. Um, topic of conversation we were going to talk about was uh, mindset and overcoming adversity. So um, mm. would you like to, I don't know, uh, start with what that means to you and what your general principles are on that topic? Yeah, I'll share a little story. And I think just to give you some context around it, mindset and adversity, it's, it's happened over over some time back, uh, my past life was in the health and fitness industry. I owned a couple of fitness centers and I sold them back in 2008. And uh, throughout that time, I had a, had a good friend of mine who said, uh, you know, my mates call me Shorty and friends call me Shorty. Shorty, you know, we've got this little run. It's a city to surf. It's 14 kilometers from the city, Sydney city to, to Bondi Beach. Are you interested? And I said, I said, Dave, mate, I'm a, I've got a swimmer's body. I grew up surfing and swimming and so forth. And I got flat feet and pretty stocky from rugby and so forth. So anyway, we set a goal, we did the work, and we achieved it. And a few weeks after that, he said, Shorty, there's a little thing called a half marathon. I said, what's a half marathon? He goes, it's 21 kilometers. I said, yeah. He goes, do you want to run? I said, well, why would you want to run 21 kilometers? Anyway, set a goal, did the activity. And next minute, he said, Shorty, there's a little thing called a marathon. I said, what's a marathon? He goes, it's 42K run. I said, well, why would you want to run 42? There's cars. We can do all this. Like, seriously. Anyway, set a goal, did the activity and and we achieved it. And uh, that led to a number of marathons and so forth and so forth. And he goes, listen, I know you can swim. You can sort of run. Can you ride a bike? And he goes, I was thinking, I said, yeah, sure enough. And I said, why? He goes, well, there's a little thing up up north called a half Ironman. I said, what's a half Ironman? He said, it's a, it's a 1.8 kilometer swim. It's a 90k bike ride and a, and a was it a 21k run? I said, oh, let's go. And so anyway, that led to a number of uh, half Ironmans. And he said, well, I think you're ready. I said, ready for what? He goes, an Ironman. I said, well, what's an Ironman? He goes, it's a 3.8 kilometer swim, 180k bike ride, and a 42k run. I said, well, how many days do we get to do that? He goes, one day. I said, oh my gosh. Anyway, set a goal the activity and we achieved it and that led obviously to a number of uh a number of ironman events and i got a little bit of a a bug from it and i said well what else is out there and i came across a run in sydney it was called uh, north face back in in the day it's called uta now which is 100 kilometers through trail it was up downs uh, all over and i remember training up for my first 100 kilometers and all these other people around me had done multiple, you know, ultra marathon events and so forth. And I was thinking, how am I going to do this? You know, I've, my biggest run was 42 kilometers in a marathon. How, like all the questions, all the internal dialogue. But what I realized hanging around these people 
was it become the conversation became the norm of of running these events people had just come back from europe and you know ran through the alps and people had done that like four or five ultras and it was only halfway through the year and so that became the dialogue and when i came back and talked to people who the biggest run was five corners which was amazing it started to shift my paradigm and start to shift their paradigm as well and i soon realized like if this was then the power of your environment how else could it be impacted on, on other areas of life, your, your relationships, your business, your finances, and, and all aspects. And it got me thinking. Anyway, a couple of hundred kilometer races later, I went on a, on a search for what's next. And I came across this race in Australia called the Big Red Run. And it's a 250 kilometer run through the Simpson Desert. Now, the Simpson Desert is the world's largest sand dune parallel desert. So if you think about you down the beach and you see the waves coming through set after set, well, when you're in the desert like this, or you're at the top of the sand dune, all you see is sand dune after sand dune after sand dune after sand dune. And for five days, you're up and down, up and down these sand dunes. And I soon realized around that, they empower the importance of breaking a bigger goal down into small bite-sized pieces. And then that led me into the latest challenge that we're training up for at the moment, come this September in 2021, is a run that me and a good buddy of mine are doing. It's from Sydney to Melbourne. It's 1,300 kilometers, about 800 miles. We're going to be averaging around about 50 kilometers a day for 25 days. And so when we think about mindset, when we think about overcoming adversity, there's a bunch of different adversity that we've everyone's faced over the last 18 months through what's happening out there in the world. But it's the ability to, to look at that face on and to look at it, right, we have choices. We can, we can choose of what we're going to focus on. Are we going to get down a rabbit hole? Are we going to the blame or justify or denial, or we're actually going to take accountability, responsibility, and ownership and focus on a different view path. And so that's where it sort of starts to unpack. And so there's many different tangents we can go on around that, around mindset and adversity. But I just want to frame that in relations to you don't necessarily have to go out and, and run an ultra marathon or do a crazy event to have a strong mindset or overcome adversity. We've all faced it, but it's what happens up between between our ears and in our, in our mind. There's a great story. Thank you for, for sharing that. The, you mentioned the inner dialogue um, and how, I mean, I think the micro goals is a great principle. So instead of looking at the, as you say, the ultra marathon, you're looking at, you know, what, breaking it down. Um, but you also said that the inner dialogue will happen, in my opinion, regardless of how good you are from a strategy perspective. So have you got coping mechanisms or uh, an approach to dealing with that in a dialogue, which maybe says, should I be here? Can I do it? Totally. And I think with the inner dialogue, um, there's many different aspects of that. And it's the ability to have that self-awareness and actually find out where, where's this, you know, where's this self-talk coming from? Um, what usually happens is that self-talk is your ego trying to protect yourself. It's like, no, no, just, it's all right. You know, you know, don't do that or don't do that. You'll be right. You know, play it safe, play, particularly in business. Oh, don't take that risk, you know, or, 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 or don't do that. Or, and it's, it's a protection me- mechanism and it can be a, a, an inhibitor as well to actually move yourself or, or take that opportunity or, you know, overcome that opportunity or, or go work through that challenge. And so some strategies on actually how to deal with that inner voice 
is to actually have a conversation back to it. Because usually what that inner voice wants is usually security and protection. And knowing that and talking back to that inner voice and knowing that it's okay. How else do you feel? And actually getting it all out and having almost two conversations, having that, I'll say there's two aspects. I call it having a bitch voice or having a boss voice. And sometimes when you have the bitch voice, that can be really debilitating and can be really, oh, like, it's just too hard. I can't do it. I'm going to give up. But when we have the boss voice, it's like, I've got this. This is happening. Come on, let's go. Let's make it happen. And it's having the conversation with both voices to really rise above and go, you know what? You're staying there. We're going here. And literally having that self-dialogue to, to yourself. I once, um, you tell me what you think about this. I once kind of came up with the concept. I didn't do anything with it, but um, it's sort of like having a conversation with your emotions. So like you've got this round table of emotions and depending on which voice um, appears, so it might be, you know, fear, for example, yeah, you can kind of attribute that particular conversation to a particular, um, like I say, fear. So if you, if you, come across like a, a thought which says, I don't think I can do this. I'm getting too tired. You can say, um, well, who am I talking to right now? Oh, I must be talking to fear. Whereas if you're talking to, if you get a thought which is like, no, I can do this or, you know, oh, I must be talking to positivity. You know, I'll listen to that one. What do you think of that? A thousand percent. And usually what happens with that, there's, there's usually a certain age around that. So what I mean by that is, is, okay, cool, who am I talking to? Fear. Oh, well, where's that coming from? How old am I when I felt that fear? Well, I was, you know, because we have 90% of our beliefs and behaviors are formed up to the age of seven. So when you think about that, just like, oh, there is a certain belief that I think I can't do. Oh, where's that actually coming from? And it's if that negative emotion, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, is come up through whatever decision that you need to, ah, to, need to make. Ask yourself, well, where's that actually coming from? Oh, that's right. I remember. And people go, oh, well, I can't remember. Well, you can because all your memories are on a timeline back to the date dot. So if you just ask yourself, well, when did I first experience that negative emotion, for example, that fear? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that event. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that will come up and display itself. And once again, having a conversation to that, what we call, you know, inner child work, have a conversation to the inner child and reassuring them, making them feel safe, making them feel loved will actually start to release those beliefs, those negative emotions. So you can work on your boss voice and really take charge and move things forward in the right direction. I like the boss voice because you can say, all right, in this instance, if I was talking to the boss, what would the boss say? And the boss, mm, for me, totally. the boss would be like, kind of like a drill sergeant. <laughs> You better get out. When, you know, yeah, it's right. Like, like, come on, let's make it happen. See, the thing is, is you talked about having the different emotions that have come up. There's a great process that I usually do when I'm stuck or need to make a decision. And I go into a bit of a meditative state and I think about all my mentors, past, present, and future. I may not have met them. Um, and or any any people of influence, past, present, or future. And I think about them sitting around a round table, a bit like knights of a round table. And I throw the question out onto the table and I go around one by one, getting everyone's advice onto the table. Now, some people are happy to share, some people aren't. And obviously you're using your active imagination around it. 
But what happens is that you'd actually get that and you can now, you can journal it afterwards and get it all out for some valuable bits of information to help you make the decision, right? Once again, it's active imagination. You can, you know, whoever you want around the, the table, but what allows you to do is to have that confirmation of the decision so you can keep on moving things forward. Is there anyone generally known that would be known by the audience um, that you consult with? Yeah, totally. Um, Richard Branson's always around the around the table. Um, there's What's also the advice uh, there? screw it, let's do it. Yeah, he's like like you got this. Like it's the whole backing, and that's the thing is like sometimes we need other people to give us the backing when we really got the backing inside ourselves, it's the, it's the reconfirmation. It's the, no, you know, you've got this. It's the ability to go, come on, you got this, make, make the decision. So it's not, oh, I've got to make the decision. You've got the support of the, the people around, around the table. And coming back to your story just for a minute, um, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the person who introduced you, first of all, to the 14-kilometer run and then, you know, as it increased, um, is you still running with that person or are you doing that event with that person the 50k a day i'm still uh, no he 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 tapped out when uh when i started trial running um <laughs> but we're good mates uh he's 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 um the godfather to my son um he's had some huge success in his businesses that he runs he's got uh, 13 real estate agencies here in uh, new south wales in australia um over 100 staff and uh, so he's gone on to some huge success. Still trains. He's actually uh, does some amateur fighting, boxing, and uh, kickboxing now. So he's gone down down path. Don't get me into the ring. I'm the I'm, I'd much rather sing a song than uh, or try to sing a song than get in the ring and attempt any boxing or any martial arts like that. <laughs> well, the way the story was going, I kind of wanted to say, um, you know, get this uh, this partner of yours to introduce some some really tough things to you because you're just. You know, you're knocking them down every time he introduces something. Yeah, well, that's why when I when I met um, Scott, who I'm running with in September this year, um, very similar, very similar story of of different ultra races and events. And he goes, "Shorty, I've got a got an idea for you." And, and I've been thinking about it. And even before he said what it was, I said, "I'm in." He goes, "You don't even know what it's about." I said, "I know, but I trust you. Let's make it happen." And you know, sure enough. Six months later, we're you know we're we're planning on a big adventure. Well, it's great. Um, I, you know, I'd love to know um, how you get on as well. So I think I said this to you before. You do let me know how you're how you're getting on or how it how it goes. Um, Definitely. The the messages um, before we um, arranged conversation, I noticed that one of your areas of focus, if you like, is is communication and self awareness. I would imagine. That would be extremely important in what you're you're gonna um, approach with your event. But how else? Um, what are your thoughts on those topics, and what would you like to share on them? Yeah, one of the things is, and you know, what I've been working with. I work with a lot of you know small to medium sized businesses around around mindset, around leadership, and around strategy. And particularly through you know we're going through at the moment lockdowns in in Sydney and in Melbourne. Um, so it's pretty, pretty crazy times over here. And once again, that can take you into to different rabbit holes that can take you in, you know, into a spiral of, of con, con, uh, consumption of, of just news 24 seven, and it's all fear-based. Um, and so there's a, there's a real principle that I like to share with the listeners for today. And that's all around self-leadership. 
And there's three key areas around self-leadership going through. And this is helps to get through adversity as well, coming back to adversity. And that's the three, three things is the three C's. It's having confidence within self of how do we increase that confidence, knowing that where we've got this, knowing we've got the clarity in, in moving forward. So having that rule, yep, I've got this. Second aspect is communication. And there's two elements of communication. It's communication to self, like we talked about before, that, that little voice, that self-talk, and then communication to others, being effective com- communicator to others. So your message is clear and you know where the vision is going and you're taking people on that journey. And the third aspect, which is super important going through these times is connection. We see time and time again, the, the connection is, is growing wider and wider or the lack of connection is growing wider and wider. And it's the ability to, to reconnect and connect on a more of a frequent basis. You know, family and friends, it's super important, but clients, also your team and also suppliers, just to check in, starting that conversation and having that conversation of like, hey, how are you going? Is there anything I can do? How's everything going? And so when we look at confidence, when we look at communication and when we look at connection, that has a format of really solidifying your self-leadership. Now, on the outside of that, there's three things that form that to really improve on those confidence, communication, and connections. And that equates to behaviors, equates to rituals, and equates to habits. Now, they're all very, very similar. But what we need to do, and I would suggest to focus on, is what are those habits, behaviors, and rituals that we can do on a daily basis? And it comes back to what we said about having an activity focus and breaking down those goals into getting so attached to the bigger goal. What are the mini goals or what's the mini activity that we need to focus on? And a great author, BJ Fogg, wrote the book, Tiny Habits. And when he talked about tiny habits of creating this new behavior change, there's three things that we need to focus on. It's do we have the motivation to, for this new behavior or this new habit or, or this new ritual? What's, do we have the ability? Can we actually do it? Can we actually, do we have the, the skills and the resource to do this new, new behavior or habit or ritual? And thirdly, do we have a prompt? What's the reminder? What's the notification that helps us to actually fulfill this behavior, this ritual, or this, or this habit so we can move things forward? And when all those threes, the motivation, ability, and prompt is all succinctly together, it, it's beautiful. So for example, if you want to eat more fruit and vegetables, let's say fruit, you want to eat more apples, motivation's there. I want to be healthy. Ability, yeah, I can eat an apple, but prompt. By keeping your apples in the fridge, they're out of sight, out of mind. But if you keep your apples on the kitchen table, when you walk past them every single day, ah, that's a prompt. It's a quicker reminder. So you can take this into your health and fitness. You can take this into your business. You can take this into relationships. In all aspects, it allows you to motivation, ability, and prompt to help you with your behaviors, your routines, um, and your habits. It's a good point because um, I think that when people do want to change, they, um, I think most people have the capability to do a lot of things. Um, and mm. when they do want to change, they have the motivation to do it at that time. But I think people, I think generally speaking, it's fair to say that people don't um, strategize in that way. So I think the prompt is, mm. is a really good, um, good thing to apply there. And the, the best way to do that is think about what are your rituals that you're doing already? What are the behaviors that you're already taking on? And this, for example, brushing your teeth, well, what could you put on to 
best way to start a new behavior is to add it onto a current behavior either before or after. So if you do brush your teeth every night, what could you do before you brush your teeth or directly after you brush your teeth? That's going to allow this new behavior habit or ritual to actually stick, right? We get so many bing bong reminders on our phone. Sometimes they just become white noise. But when we have what are our morning rituals or nighttime rituals that we can add into further behaviors or um, uh, habits that we can add on time and time again, it's super, super important. And this will help you to overcome any adversity that you may be going through because basically you're changing your focus. You're changing your focus to maybe a challenge or a roadblock that you're going through to a positive focus that you're going to build what we call that internal muscle to help you to overcome any adversity at the moment. Do you have any examples of, let's say, because I know how tough those races are. Now, I haven't done perhaps as many as much mileage as you have, but um I know that there's, there comes a point, typically, especially if you're increasing the mileage for your, for your races where you're like, um, you know, it starts to get difficult, essentially, is what I'm trying mm. to say. Um, what's your favorite example of um, adversity where you've overcome it? And, you know, what's the story there? What's the process that you went through? I remember one race. It's quite interesting, right? It was, it was in the middle of the night. It was through the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. And it was dark. It was about one o'clock in the morning. And I was around about, about 60, 65 kilometers in to 100K run. And I was in a world of pain. You know, people hear, oh, you've hit the runner's wall. Well, I think this was about my third wall in. <laughs> and I was in a world of pain. And you could hear noises on the side in the bush and you've got your headlamp on. And I turned my headlamp to see what it was. But when you turn your headlamp to see what it was, it actually goes off your path. And through the path are ribbons tied into the tree so you can see the reflectors along so you know where you're going. So you're just running along. I'm just running along and you're hearing these things bouncing. Obviously, they're kangaroos <laughs> bouncing off near you and you're just going, please don't eat me. I mean, kangaroos won't eat you, but like, that's what's going through the mind. And I was in a world of pain. And I remember distinctly this, this next bit. I caught upon my wife. I said, nah, babe, honey, I'm in a world of pain. Please help me. Nothing. Caught upon my sisters, three sisters, sisters, please help me. Brother's really hurting here. I think this is all in my head, all talking out to myself. Nothing. And then I called my daughter. I said, Lily, it's dad. I'm hurting. Please. Please, Lily, give me some energy. And next minute, I just felt this wave of energy come through me. Like I just been hit by a lightning bolt. My, my walk started to become a jog. My jog started to become a run. I was crying. I was bawling. I was yelling, but I had this energy come through me. I still get quite emotional now talking about it. And what I realized was that we don't have to do this alone. We don't have to walk through adversity alone. They could be in person with you or just ask for the help. 
but by asking for help will allow you to get through any adversity, particularly guys. Guys, for listening to this show today. Life is not about trying to fix it yourself. It's not about trying to solve all the problems. Sometimes we need to put our hand up and ask for help because help is there. You just need to communicate it. You just need to ask for it. And that's what I realized through life. We go through all ups and downs and challenges. And what I realized that night is the ability to ask. When I'm going doing it tough, could be out on a run, put in a call. Hey, I just need a debrief. I'm hurting. Or on through a race. But they could be with you. They they could be not. But by asking for help will actually get you through your adversity. It's a great answer. I should have asked at the end, though, because I'm not sure how we're going to top that now. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Pleasure. So uh, how do you feel about a change of pace? Um, first Great. business at the age of 19. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, it was funny. I remember uh, in year eight at school, I think it must have been about four, 14, 13, 14, 14. And in business studies, the, um, the teacher at the time said, okay, we're doing business studies and I want you to draw, you know, back in the day, draw your business. And I said, okay, great. Now I was right into my fitness and training back then and, you know, rugby and water polo and surfing and all that cool stuff. And I thought, wow. What kind of business? If I was to have a business, what would it be like? And so I drew this building. And on top of it, it said Shorty's Gym. It's like, cool. The teacher said, that's pretty cool. And at the age of 17, I was one of the youngest people to get my fitness instructor's license or registration. And I was, in a, I was doing my uh, training in a gym that was over 18s. Um, I, I was, you know, I had a nice smile and the, and the guys allowed me in and the girls allowed me in and it was, it was a really great experience. And I remember through that young time of actually learning the skills and surrounding myself with, with other professionals, allowed me to start my first fitness training business at the age of 19. So I had a number of staff by the age of 19 and then moved, when I moved into 20, I had half a dozen staff working for me. Um, I was running personal training business all throughout Sydney. Um, and then at the age of 21, I bought my first gymnasium with my business partner back in the day. And so that allowed us to grow into a number of fitness centers. We won numerous business awards nationally for best fitness center on local business awards, but also within the industry. And I was fortunate enough back then to be Australia's best personal trainer two years in a row. And so what that allowed me to do is to really um, hone my craft in, once again, communication the ability to ask quality questions. And so that yearning of thirst for, for business and knowledge really allowed me to, I guess, where, where I am today, that's seeking, right? What else, what else? And asking those questions, you know, helping people obviously get super fit and healthy, but then how can we look at that and grow the business and ask questions? How can we, how can we, how can we allow us with some, some, some great success over the times? Well, I love the um, the story and also how you're um, at the age of 13, 14 doing like visualization exercises that most people <laughs> don't do when they're adults. I like that. We, um, you know, it's, it's super cool. Every year, uh, what we do as a family, we sit down and we do our uh, vision boards for the year. So we all, um, you know, that period between uh, Christmas and New Year's, it's usually pretty quiet. 
we all sit down around the table and we use our laptops um, and we Google images and put on a PowerPoint sheet and we print it out, laminate, and we've all got them in our showers. So all the kids and I and my wife, we've all got our vision boards. So we're actually seeing it every day. It's, it's a great little strategy if you've got kids as well, but or if you've got partners um, to do to really bring everyone together and, and great talking point as well. That's a good one. Uh, underrated, I think, man. What's, your, what's nice. on your vision board at the moment? So what's on my vision board is um, I've actually ticked a, a fair few of them off. We recently moved up to, to Paradise uh, from Sydney up, uh, as I said, to, to up near Byron Bay. So that was on vision board. Building a granny flat in one of our other properties, that's on the vision, vision board. So we're ticking that off. Um, one of the things is uh, my Indian Scout motorcycle. That's, uh, that's on, on the vision board. Um, and also our, we've got our, uh, another business called the parents nest that we're growing that at the moment. That's really exciting. And, and obviously this, this run that we're doing in September, that's on the board as well. Nice. Are you still in, um, the gym business or the fitness business or you, did you exit that? So interesting story around that in 2008, we sat down with our, our business coach at the time and, uh, we had initially my business partner and I had some grand plans of, you know, expansion and, you know, franchise and licensing and really let's, let's go for it. And in 2008, uh, we sat down with our business coach to plan for the year. And I was super excited. We had the, the managers, we had the sales staff, we had the trainers all ready to go. I was out doing, I was on a lot of fitness uh, boards, um, committees, and um, doing a lot of presenting. And my business partner was, was training and, and also doing a fair bit of presenting. And uh, really excited to, to plan out for the year. And he goes, yeah, I don't really want to expand anymore. I went, oh, okay. I'm pretty much happy where I am. I'm pretty chill, you know, good, you know, good income coming through, good lifestyle. I went, oh, that wasn't the original plan. And uh, so back and forth, back and forth. And he said, well, what would it be like if I bought you out? I went, Let's entertain that. And within four hours, we came up with the heads of agreement and I was selling my share. And our coach at the time said, you know, wow, in my 15 years of coaching you know, businesses, I've never seen that happen so quickly. And I said to him, well, if you're not aligned, then what's the point? I could still go down this path, but we'll be butting heads. And that was the best, best decision, best gift. And I came home, I said, babe, selling the gym. So okay, no worries. And so from there, it was a bit of a reinvention. For so many years, I was being, you know, Mr. Fitness. And uh, so I ran, you know, I love the, the coaching side of things. I love helping people. And, and what I realized is like, cool, let's utilize some of these tools that I've helped grow in my businesses in the past and helping people and, and uh, leading people. And I've came up with a, a, a group coaching model. And so for four months, I ran a pilot program. and. People achieved more in that four months than they did the whole previous year. And I remember one guy in particular. He was an interior designer. And uh, halfway through the program, one of his original goals was to be Australia's most recognized interior designer. Great, big, hairy, audacious goal. Love it. And halfway through the program, the four months, an opportunity came across his table to be on one of the reality TV shows of interior designers. Now, you think about back in 2009 when, when this was all the reality shows, sort of there's some good ones and some not so good ones, was kicking off. He was really hesitant. But as the group got around him and backed him, said, go for it. And so he did. He went on the show and he came second. 
And his name was Darren Palmer, is Darren Palmer. Now, Darren Palmer for, for the international audience is now Australia's most recognized interior designer. He's on all the other reality shows as a guest judge for, uh, and he's all got sponsorships on TV and radio and, and so forth and so forth. And I saw him not long ago, a couple months ago, and he said, Shorty, I remember that first time when we set that goal. Look at where we are now. I said, fantastic. So, yeah, so that was good. And that then led me on to obviously further coaching and training and, and presenting. It's a great example of um, having a clear outcome because um, mm. if you have a, a clear idea of what you want, that helps you make those kind of decisions, right? Yeah, very, very true. And that's the, the combination of, of the vision board, the, the goal, and also the why behind it. What's the driving force? Why do you want to achieve that goal? And I think when all those three are aligned, it's just, and then you, you focus on the activity, magic happens. So you've, um, you've sold your share of the business. I mean, what are you doing day one of not being involved in it anymore? <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of a, huh. Uh, right where to here where, what's next and you know it was a bit of navel gazing you know for a little while and a bit of an identity crisis and i went on to, to do some further studies around uh neuro-linguistic programming a bit of timeline therapy and hypnosis just to really further my skills in in communication and and really have a look at that aspect and those modalities that really interest me at that time um and and so that then led me on the quest and and the and the thirst for more information and more courses and then then that led me into putting that uh the group coaching uh program together yes would you like to um maybe mention living your dream hmm definitely um so yeah so wrote a, a book many many years ago called living your dream and and I think the the concept around that is is looking at what that big picture looks like, taking yourself five, ten, fifteen years, and and using the creative imagination of of what that actually looks like for you. Because what happens, what I see so often, time and time again, is we just get caught in the trenches on the rat race and going round and round and round. We don't stop to take a breath and go, you know. If this wasn't, if, if money wasn't an issue, if time wasn't an issue, what would you do? Where would you be? Who would you be with? What would you be? Who would you be? And so by having those questions, thought-provoking questions, it allows you to start to think and get into the creative space to really go out, wow, that could be a reality. That could be a possibility. And then from there, we can start to then reverse engineer that back. So if it's a 10-year plan or a five-year plan, what would then that reverse engineered back look like? Four years, three years, two years, one year, you know, three months. What would tomorrow look like? And then that will that starts to create that journey of right. This is where I want to go. Can it change? Yeah, it can. You don't have to be stuck into that same path, right? But allows you to have that direction and have that vision to really live your dream. What do you say to someone who doesn't really have a good answer to those questions? So. Um... One of, the, one of the phrases I got from um, our communication is that you help coach people on becoming a better version of themselves. Um, I find that a common response to those kind of questions like, you know, how do you want to spend your time is, I don't really know. So how, how do you help people in finding out what that is for them? Now, this is a really um, 
controversial answer because I believe the answer I don't know is a bit of BS. I believe that the answer I don't know is a lazy response. Give me two minutes and I'll find out the answer. Because if you did know, what would it be? If you did know, what could it be? What happens is that when the answer of I don't know, that's an instant reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction. People don't actually sit with it and breathe it in to actually feel it, see it, hear it, and utilize all the different senses to go, hmm, but if I could, if I would, how? What would that look like? What could it be look like? What, what, what? And asking that, the, the, the what more, more and more and more rather than I don't know. Would you, you say that it's actually self-imposed limitations then? So what you're saying is if there were no reasonable limits, you know, what would it be? And people are uh, boxing themselves in a bit. Would you say that's fair? I, I, think, it's, I think people don't ask qual- better quality questions. So what my belief is, ask quality questions, get quality results, get quality life. By the questions that we ask time and time again is, uh, you know, what type of questions are you asking yourself? Are you asking those bigger picture questions? Or are, are you asking, oh, what's on TV tonight? Right? What, what are some of the questions that you are asking yourself? And if you didn't know, if you could think about, you know, what would life like be? Where would you like to travel? What car would you like to drive? Who is your, uh, who is your partner that you would like to be with? You know, would you like kids? Where would you like to live? And by utilizing the creative spaces and, and immersing yourself into um, education around looking at your beliefs and looking at behaviors and go, oh, right, there's a limitation. Okay, where did actually, where, where's that actually coming from? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, but if you did know, where, where could it come from? Oh, I, okay. So let me think. Now, you're saying you don't know. But if you didn't know around a certain age, what was it? And so therefore, we're asking different types of questions to get to the, the focal point of where that resistance is. And when we identify where that resistance is, we can start to let things go easily and effortlessly. And so that's coming back to asking better questions to self. Great point. So scenario on the topic of um, adversity, let's say... Family, friend, someone you care about, you're, um, you're kind of, you've, it's a scenario where you all run into them, you've got a few minutes with them, and they're like, I'm having such a hard time at the moment. You know, I'm really going through some stuff. You've got a few minutes, and they're like, what are your thoughts on that? Can you help me? What do you say? What's coming up for you right now? What, what is it? Where is it coming from? Talk to me. I think the biggest thing is, is the ability to have conversation and it's the ability. Sometimes a vent is what people need. Having someone just to use these, listen uh, rather than talk. And what I find so often is in particularly by blokes, by having, creating a safe space to let them share, let them just get things out of their chest, off their chest and just to hold space for them. They feel nurtured, they feel safe, and they feel, right, okay, now I can move forward because I've I've got it all out. And so example here would be, cool, what's coming up for you? Asking questions. 
cool. Is this been a lot? Is this been a forever thing or just a part-time thing? Okay, great. And so if you were to have one thing that could help you to move forward, not 50 things, because we've all got 50 things that we could do, but if you could have one thing that could just help you to move in the right, right direction, what do you think that one thing could be? Mm. Yeah, I think I know. Great. One of the biggest things uh, I find when people go through adversity is they don't move enough. You know, I was talking to a buddy today, for example, and uh, he was ringing me and he just went, oh, I feel tired. I, feel blah, blah, blah. I said, cool, go for a run. He goes, what? I said, go for a run. And then call me after. He went for a 20-minute run. He called me back. He goes, thank you, Shorty. I feel amazing. I said, yeah. I said, because you're not moving. I said, when you exercise, when you release the, that energy, your endorphins, your good hormones are flowing, you're, built, you're moving your muscles, you're getting the blood pumping, you get the oxygen in, allows you to think clearly, to respond to. I do my best problem solvings on a nice long run. I conquer the world's problems on a run, right? It's the ability to think and see and, and react completely different. So if you're feeling stuck, when was your last good exercise session? Get out there and move. Get out there and breathe. The idea of the question is like, what would you, um, what would you say in that first few minutes with someone? And when you responded with the question, I was like, do I have to create a character right now? Do I have to actually kind of, what's my scenario? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a good answer. But um, I must admit, I thought I was going to have to do some acting for a second then. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? People don't necessarily like being told what to do in general. But if we can ask coming back to questions, I, I see it with my clients all the time. Like I won't tell them what to do, but I'll ask the questions for they own the answer for them to do what they need to do. Because I, I, of 20 years of coaching people in all different areas and all different industries, 90% of people, 90% of people have 95% of the answers within them. They know what to do. They just need to, to air it. They need to vent it. Or they need a little bit of guidance to ask questions in order for them to take that action to move them forward. Well, you touched upon the fact that it's just about making them feel better. If they feel better, they have those answers, right? So Totally. Go for a run is the go-to maybe. Yep. <laughs> or anything, you know, like what, what, just move. If it's a walk, if it's a swim, if it's a hitting the weights, if it's hitting boxing bag, if it, whatever it is, yoga, just get out there and move the body. That's so important. Is there anything that you feel that would be of value on the topic of adversity that I haven't asked you about today? I think, yeah, just on, on a couple of different areas is, is about self-care. <clears throat> you know, we've, we've heard so much, you know, over the last 18 months. But the ability to really have important rituals around your self-care. When I work out uh, what we call ideal weeks with clients and map out you know, their time management, the biggest thing that we firstly put in is your big rocks. How are you looking after you? Because you can't look after anyone else, your clients, your, your team or your suppliers or your family, your friends, unless you are fit and healthy. So when have you got your exercise? When have you got your, you know, uh, breathing or meditating or whatever type of relaxation that you do, yoga, stretching, where you have that quiet time. Do you read? Do you fill your mind up? Do you listen to audiobooks? 
Do you journal? Do you get your thoughts out? Do you have gratitude? What are you feeding yourself? Are you good nutrition? Do you have enough hydration and water? All these little things are the one percenters that have a massive impact to your thinking and to your reacting to allow you to achieve, set, and achieve and exceed your goals time in, time about. It's looking after self first. Thank you for that. You touched on your vision board um, and the fact that you wanted to or grow your parenting business. Um, have you got anything specific around the, the business goals there? Yeah, I've got a, f- a few actually. So uh, we've got, uh, I've run a, a, a dad's program called the Real Dads Program. So we're looking to, to get that into uh, all the hospitals throughout uh, New South Wales. My wife, he runs a program called Calm Birth. Uh, we're looking to, to take that uh, further and expanding that as well. And uh, we've got a number of other courses that we're, we're launching over the next uh, few months as well. So it's, it's all systems go there and we're excited to, to grow that, that business as well. Well, um, a lot of good value in this one. So thank you very much for, um, for all the information. I think if, if people run with it and apply that, I think it's, um, it'll be highly beneficial. Would Absolutely. you mind sharing, Shorty, if I'm allowed to call you that, of course. <laughs> Where the best place for people to find you is. Yeah, definitely. So uh, all my socials are either at uh, Coach James Short or The Parents Nest, theparentsnest.com.au. James, thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you for having me.